section seven of the pearl fountain and other fairy tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the pearl fountain and other fairy tales by bridget and julia cavanagh tipsy's silver bell there was once upon a time a poor widow who had three little boys their names were dick jack and bill they were all born on the same day and were very much alike for they all had curly brown hair blue eyes and round rosy faces they lived with their mother in a poor little house which was the very last in all the town but which the widow kept so neat and clean that it was a pleasure to see it there were plenty of fairies in those days and they liked best such people as were tidy in their ways the widow knew this and did not let her boys forget it keep yourselves nice said she to dick jack and bill and the fairies will surely be kind to you the widow lived by sewing but though she rose early worked hard all day and went to bed late she found it so hard to make both ends meet that when her boys were only six years old she prenticed them all three dick to a tailor jack to a shoemaker and bill to a saddler the boys slept at home but went together every morning to their masters who lived in the same street and were next-door neighbors every one wondered at the widow for setting her boys to work whilst they were still so young and everybody laughed at her as well for as these wise people said who ever heard of prenticing boys of six but though they were very young the widow's boys were quick and before the first year of their apprenticeship was out dick had made a little coat about the size of my hand and jack and bill a pair of shoes and a saddle to match the widow was so pleased and so proud as well of this coat pair of shoes and saddle that she hung them up in her window so that every one who went by might see them many people stopped to look at them they were so pretty but every one agreed that the coat and the pair of shoes would fit none but fairies and that none save a fairy horse could ever wear that saddle even the masters of the boys grumbled so at these little things saying they were only nonsense that the widow took them down and hid them away out of sight the day that she put them by was a half-holiday and the three brothers spent it at home they made a large kite and asked their mother if they might not go and let it fly in some fields just beyond their house she said they might provided they did not attempt to enter the forest that forest had a bad name in the town and these boys were afraid of it they promised not to go near it and went off to fly their kite at first it would not rise because there was no wind at all but presently there came a strong breeze and the kite went up up till all of a sudden the breeze became a gale 
which snapped the cord out of the hand of bill who held it away flew the kite and away ran the three brothers after it the kite however rose higher and higher until at length it entered the forest and before the boys had thought about it they were in it too oh dear said dick we had promised mother not to do it we did not mean it said jack yes said bill and since we are in and are sure to be scolded let us get the kite if we can so they followed the kite which went sailing along between the trees till it got caught in the topmost bough of an old oak that grew close to a large pool of water there was no getting at the kite there and the forest looked so dark and wild that the three brothers who felt afraid were thinking of going home at once when they heard the sound of a little bell in the distance it came nearer and nearer and presently they saw running towards them a little grey hound white as milk and who was the most beautiful creature they had ever set their eyes on he wore a gold collar round his neck and fastened to the collar was a silver bell which made the sweetest music in the world it tinkled as he ran and the day which had been so black and stormy became all bright with sunshine the whole forest was lit up and looked green and gold every bird began to sing and what was more wonderful all the creatures of the forest began to talk and the three brothers understood what they said is that tipsy going by asked the little squirrel who was perched on a bough cracking his nuts there the rabbit putting his head out of his warren replied it is tipsy don't you know him by his silver bell ha ha laughed the fox tipsy's silver bell is loose he will drop it presently dear me cried the magpie what will fairy prince do then he will not be able to get home to-night and the queen will be so angry and you know he can never find the bell himself never mind said the lizard dick jack and bill will tell him all about it as to that said the hare running by i could tell fairy prince but all of a sudden the silver bell ceased to tinkle the forest became dark again the birds left off singing and the creatures talking and all was just as it had been before presently tramp tramp and a handsome gentleman in green and gold came riding by he looked in a great hurry and was all but breathless boys said he have you seen my greyhound he is white as milk and he wears a gold collar with a silver bell to it he has just gone by answered dick he took that road said jack and his silver bell is under that hawthorn bush said bill who saw it shining in the grass the fairy prince stooped and picked up the silver bell the moment it tinkled the forest lit up again the birds sang and the creatures talked and the beautiful greyhound who had vanished came running back to his master 
who fastened the bell to his gold collar once more and now boys said he turning to the three brothers tell me what gift you would like to have and you shall get it for i am fairy prince and this is my dog tipsy i should like to make such a handsome little blue velvet coat that the like of it had never been seen said dick and i the most beautiful pair of little red boots said jack and i the prettiest little yellow saddle said bill they all spoke in a breath without taking time to think and when they had said their say all the creatures in the forest the squirrel the rabbit the fox the magpie the lizard and the hare burst out laughing and said oh you silly silly boys is that all you ask from fairy prince never mind boys said fairy prince very kindly it is a good wish and you shall have it but if you want me again come here take a pebble and just throw it into the water of that pool and now good-bye to you for the present he rode round the hawthorn bush with his dog tipsy the boys heard a little plash in the water and not a sign of fairy prince of his horse or his dog was left after that and the moment the bell ceased to tinkle the day became dark and the forest was as it had been before the three brothers who felt rather frightened got out of the forest as fast as they could and after agreeing not to tell their mother what had happened to them they went straight home the widow always sent her boys up to bed in the dark for fear of fire but when they went up that evening to the garret where they slept all in one bed they found a bright light burning in a little lantern and they saw on the bed a piece of blue velvet a red morocco skin and yellow leather with gold thread and lace and needles scissors and an awl and a last and everything in short which they needed to make a coat a pair of boots and a saddle they saw that fairy prince had not merely sent those things there but that he meant them to set to work at once and so they did and sat up all night and never left off till each had finished his task and dick had made the loveliest blue velvet coat all laced and embroidered and jack the most beautiful little red boots stitched with gold thread and bill the handsomest little yellow saddle that had ever been seen the brothers were so pleased with their work that they all three said we must show it to mother and tell her how we met fairy prince and tipsy in the forest but when they went down they found that the widow had gone to the well for water and as they were rather late they went off to work without waiting for her when the tailor saw the little blue velvet coat which dick had made he was both amazed and delighted the shoemaker went into raptures over jack's pair of little red boots and the saddler shook hands with bill said he was proud of him and that there had never been anything like the little yellow saddle indeed the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler thought so much of the work of their little prentices 
that without having said a word to one another they sent the coat the pair of boots and the saddle to the palace each making sure that the queen would buy them and that his fortune was made dear me what pretty little things said the queen i never did see anything so pretty but they are so little that i really can do nothing with them take them back to the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler and say that i don't want them when the little princess heard this she began to cry i want the little coat the little boots and the little saddle she said i want them for puss and my little wooden horse then my dear you shall have them said the queen she had only this one child who was a cripple and could neither walk nor sit up nor do anything but play with her cat all the day long the most famous doctors had not been able to cure her or do her any good and the queen who loved her beyond anything else in this world always let her have her way and gave her everything she asked for when the little princess heard that she was to have the coat the pair of boots and the saddle she left off crying and called her cat come here puss said she and put on that coat puss came the little princess put the coat upon him and at once he sat up as straight as an arrow puss hold out your left hind paw said the little princess puss held out his left hind paw and his little mistress put one of the red boots on him and it fitted beautifully and now let me have the other paw said the little princess puss held out his right hind paw and as soon as the boot was on he began to dance on the carpet so prettily that there never had been anything like it would you like a ride puss said the little princess fitting the yellow saddle on the back of her wooden horse who the moment it was on him began racing round the room when puss saw that he leaped up on his back and rode him and the two the cat and the wooden horse galloped round and round till the little princess clapped her hands she was so glad and the queen laughed so that the tears ran down her cheeks she was laughing still when an old lady who was also very wise came into the room ah what a pity said she when she saw what was going on if your majesty had only put that coat on the princess and these boots on her feet they would have fitted her and she would have been well at once as to the saddle the worst horse that ever was would have become the best in the world if he had only had it on his back and now they will never fit any one but the cat and the wooden horse i wish i had known that said the queen tell the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler to make me another coat pair of boots and saddle directly the coat and the boots will be for the princess and as to the saddle we will try what it will do for dobbin who has been worth nothing for ever so long the masters of the three boys were delighted when the orders came from the palace and they set their prentices to work at once dick jack and bill asked no better they made sure that what they had done once they could do again 
and they cut up the velvet and leather which their masters found them without a bit of fear but somehow or other the coat the boots and the saddle they made now were not at all like those they had made in the night and they were so slow about them too that the queen sent three times to know if she ever was to get these things the masters declared all three that the boys were lazy and sending word to the widow that she was not to be uneasy about her children they kept them and made them sit up all night the boys worked very hard indeed and at length the coat the pair of boots and the saddle were finished by the morning and taken to the queen by the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler but none of them would do the princess could not get her arm in the sleeve of the coat nor her feet in the boots and the saddle could never be strapped to dobbin's back take the trashy things away said the queen in a rage and let me have a coat a pair of boots and a saddle like the first or i shall make you repent it the three masters said never a word they were so frightened but each when he got home threatened his prentice to keep him on bread and water until he had done the queen's bidding the boys did their best but try as hard as they could they only spoiled cloth and leather upon this the masters put their heads together and after declaring that their prentices had never made the coat the boots and the saddle which had taken the queen's fancy they agreed to lock them up and not give them a bit to eat till they had confessed the truth and said who had made them now this took place in the tailor's house and dick who had overheard every word slipped out and went and told his brothers what shall we do said jack go to the forest and tell fairy prince said bill off to the forest they went but when they came to the pool they none of them wanted to throw the pebble in dick said he was sure his mother would not like it jack said he was afraid and bill said he would not at length they agreed that each should take up a pebble shut his eyes and throw it in at the same time with the other two so said so done each took up a pebble shut his eyes and threw the pebble in and the very moment the pebbles plashed into the water the boys heard the little silver bell they opened their eyes and there was the forest all lit up so beautifully the birds singing the creatures talking and tipsy going by and fairy prince riding after him well boys said he what do you want the three brothers told him their trouble and asked to make another coat and saddle and another pair of boots like the first on hearing this all the creatures in the forest burst out laughing and cried out in a breath oh you silly silly boys is that all you ask from fairy prince never mind boys said fairy prince kindly you shall have your wish and i dare say you will know better another time so saying he rode away with tipsy before him and the moment tipsy's silver bell left off tinkling the forest became dull and silent again the three brothers went home very well pleased for now said they we shall get out of trouble and so they did after a fashion they made such a coat such a pair of boots and such a saddle that the first were nothing to them 
and the best of it was that the moment the little princess put on the little coat she sat up and was as straight as straight could be and that as soon as the boots were on her legs she jumped down on the floor and began to dance so that all the courtiers declared there had never been anything like it the next thing she did was to ride dobbin whom the saddle fitted beautifully and who from a little vicious brute became the best and liveliest pony that had ever been seen the queen was delighted and wanted to make the tailor her prime minister the shoemaker her lord chancellor and the saddler commander-in-chief of all her armies but on second thoughts she resolved not to do so till they had made her another coat saddle and pair of boots for fear anything should happen to the first and now the troubles of dick jack and bill all began over again they had only asked for the gift of making once these things which the queen wanted and when they attempted them again they were just as unsuccessful as they had been before they did not wait however for their masters to starve or lock them up this time but went off to the forest at once in order to ask fairy prince to get them out of trouble again when they came to the pool they picked up three pebbles and threw them in without shutting their eyes for they were not frightened now but though the pebbles went in with a plash there was no tinkling of the silver bell no tipsy and no fairy prince riding by but instead of these a sound of voices coming nearer and nearer and calling them by their names i am sure that is my master's voice said dick let us throw stones in again said bill who also heard the saddler and jack who was sure that he heard the shoemaker put in his word said let us throw bigger stones this time so they picked up the largest stones they could find and threw them in with a great noise hoping that fairy prince would hear and come to them but no fairy prince appeared and instead of him they saw the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler coming up panting for they had run after their prentices all the way from town and being fat men they were very much out of breath when the three masters saw the boys they raised a shout of triumph and cried out to one another i see them here they are now we have them hurrah hurrah they rushed on striving who should be first take my hand said dick to jack take my hand said jack to bill the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler came on waving their caps and still crying hurrah and dick jack and bill jumped straight into the water and were seen no more the three masters stood and stared at each other then they called to the boys asking them to come out and promising not to starve or beat or ill-use them in any fashion but either dick jack or bill did not trust them or they could not get out of the pool as easily as they had got into it for they did not appear and after agreeing never to tell any one what had happened the tailor the shoemaker and the saddler went back to town very much crestfallen when the queen found they could not make her the things she wanted from them she said it was because they were stubborn and lazy and she sent them to prison to be kept there on bread and water till they should obey her 
as they were unable to do that they might have spent the rest of their days in jail if the queen had not died and the little princess let them out on the day of her coronation when the widow learned that her boys had run away and that no one knew what had become of them she was so unhappy that there is no telling of it she went about looking for them everywhere and asking all the people she met if they had seen dick jack or bill but no one could give her any tidings of them though she went to many strange countries and questioned all the wisest people in the world at length after wandering about several years she found a little wise old man who said to her go home and look for your boys within a mile of your own house though the widow was as tired as could be this comforted her greatly and she went home as fast as she could her way lay through the forest but as she was afraid of it she was going to walk round when she met a pretty little old woman who said to her better go through the forest if you want to see your boys again the widow's fear all vanished as she heard this she went into the forest at once and walked up and down the whole day long but not a soul did she see nor a sign of her boys did she find at length being fairly tired out she sat down by the side of the pool to rest a while before going home she had not been sitting there long when there came up a little boy with a rod and basket he took no notice of the widow but began to fish he was a very handsome boy and looking at him the widow was reminded of her own children and could not help crying what ails you said the little boy the widow told him how she had lost her boys and was seeking for them but could not find them nor learn where they were they are serving their apprenticeship in fairyland said the little boy when he had heard her out and they will never be able to get away out of it unless they find tipsy's silver bell on hearing this the widow cried more bitterly than ever and said now she knew that she should never see her boys again you can see them said the little boy if you will do what i tell you and what is that asked the widow you must take my hand and shut your eyes and not open them till i bid you then whomsoever or whatever you see you must not say one word the widow promised to do as he bade her the little boy took her hand she shut her eyes and plash they both went into the water but the widow was so frightened at this that she opened her eyes at once in a moment the little boy was gone and she was sitting alone by the side of the pool she stayed till nightfall hoping he would come back but he did not she went home at last but early the next day she was in the forest again seeking up and down for a token of her boys she found none and when she was so tired out that she could not walk a step further she sat down by the side of the pool to rest presently the pretty little boy came with his rod and basket and began to fish he took no notice of the widow and it was just as if he had never seen her before seeing this and also thinking of her boys the poor woman began to cry the little boy at first did not mind her but at length he asked what ailed her 
and when she told him he promised to let her see her boys provided she did not open her eyes till he bade her and did not utter a word good or bad the widow promised everything and this time she kept her word for though when he took her hand and jumped with her into the water she heard it plash over her head she never opened her eyes till the little boy said to her look now and mind what i told you the widow looked as he bade her and she found that she was standing outside a window and that she could see through the glass in the room within her three boys were sitting there together very busy working they were fresh and rosy but did not look a day older than when they left her dick was making a tiny coat of scarlet cloth laced with gold jack was finishing a little high-heeled shoe of white satin the other stood made on the table by him and bill was stitching a little buff saddle so very small that the widow wondered for what horse it could be meant presently a door opened and a little gentleman strutted in he went up to dick and seemed to be saying well sir is that coat ready upon which dick rose and tried the coat on him and the widow saw that it fitted beautifully then another door opened and a little lady with a long train came sweeping in she went up to jack and he showed her the shoe she sat down at once and he put the shoe on her foot and worked hard away at the other one then the little lady and the little gentleman got into conversation but he was looking at his coat in a glass all the time and the lady was peeping down at her foot but this was not all bill having finished his saddle got up and went out of the room he left the door open and his mother could see a little groom holding a little horse outside the horse though small was very beautiful he was cream-coloured and had a flowing mane and a long tail but he was also a spirited thoroughbred horse and he tossed his head and pawed so that the groom could scarcely hold him when bill approached and tried to put the saddle on his back the horse reared and plunged so that the widow cried out take care bill no sooner were the words spoken than all vanished and she found herself once more sitting by the edge of the pool in the forest she waited a long time hoping the little boy would come again to take her back to fairyland to have another look at her children but he did not and though she came day after day to the forest and sat by the edge of the pool she never saw him again the three brothers often thought of their mother and wished to see her but they were very happy with the fairies who made ever so much of them they had been seven years in fairyland when fairy prince got married and there were great rejoicings in the palace there was a grand dinner to which dick jack and bill were invited and after dinner a grand ball which was one of the finest things that had ever been seen the boys could not dance with the fairies who were of the small species for fear of treading upon them they could only look on and after a while dick and jack got tired of it and went down to the garden to listen to the queen's talking bird but bill stayed in the ballroom to see the bridegroom valse with the bride for though very prince looked such a handsome gentleman when he was up in the world he was 
as little as the other fairies once he was below the talking bird perched on a tree at the end of the garden and tipsy watched every night at the foot of the tree lest any one should come and steal him dick and jack now saw the dog there in the moonlight but they also saw that he had dropped his silver bell and that it lay in the grass beside him that is tipsy's silver bell said dick to jack yes answered the talking bird on the tree and if you take and tinkle it you will find yourself in the place you came from and you need only tinkle it whenever you wish to come back again to fairyland when the boys heard this they took each other by the hand dick picked up the little silver bell and the moment it tinkled away they were out of fairyland in the forest by the edge of the pool though it was night they made their way to their mother's house and knocked at the door and when she heard their voices she got up and let them in and kissed them again and again and cried for joy indeed she would have been quite happy now if it were not that bill had remained in fairyland dick and jack offered to go and look for him but their mother was too much afraid of losing them again and taking away the little silver bell she hid it where they could not find it although dick and jack had been seven years away they were no bigger and looked no older than on the day when they ran away to the forest but each had learned his trade with the fairies and could work beautifully dick made the prettiest little clothes and jack the prettiest little boots and shoes in the world and though these things which they made were only fit for children yet they had this advantage that if the child who put them on were deformed or a cripple it became well at once their work was accordingly much sought after and fetched so high a price that they earned a great deal of money and made their mother very happy and comfortable there was only one drawback to all this they remained little boys with round faces rosy cheeks and curly hair whilst the boys whom they had known before they went to fairyland became young men and got married and had families of their own the people who wanted them were always just as civil as if they had been big men with scrubby beards but those who did not jeered at and laughed at them till they were half sick of their lives and wished themselves back again in fairyland their mother however was just as kind to them as ever and washed and combed and dressed them as if they had been little children still she never seemed to understand that they ought to be grown-up men she liked them as they were and had only one trouble that their brother bill had not come back with them give us the little silver bell mother said dick and let us all go off to fairyland and find him but the widow said she was too old to go to fairyland at her time of life but that they might do as they pleased when she was dead she lived for seven years after their coming back and at the end of that time she died dick and jack bound the little silver bell round her neck and took it off when she was buried they shut up the house and went to the forest the moment they tinkled the bell they were off to fairyland and there they are to this day with their brother bill working for the fairies the people who had laughed at them for remaining little boys were very sorry when they were gone for no one ever made 
such pretty and useful little coats and shoes as theirs had been End of section seven